0: Hey everyone, this is the Voices in Japan podcast with your hosts Ben and Burke. On today's show, we talk about over-tourism in Japan and the issues that it has brought. So let me just give you some statistics. So where do the tourists come from? 26.9% come from China. Then next, 24.2% come from South Korea, 153 from Taiwan, 7.1% from Hong Kong, 4.9% from the US, and then other countries make up 21.6%. And the top four most popular destinations in Japan are Tokyo, with 46.2% of tourists going there. Osaka has 38.7%, Chiba 36%, and Kyoto in 4th place with 25.9%. And Hokkaido only has 7.7% of tourists going there. So we also talk about the coronavirus from China, which has been very big news recently. Complaints about tourists, uh, what Japan is doing to help local communities adapt to over-tourism, do's and don'ts when travelling around Japan, and much, much more. Alright, enjoy the show. 1, 2, 3...
1: What are we talking about today, Bert? We're talking about over-tourism in Japan. But also this big thing that's going on now is that uh, the coronavirus uh, scare, I guess you could call it. Do you know the source? The source is a a town or city in China called Wuhan, right? Wuhan, Yeah, central China, the Hubei province. I don't know what it is, but yeah. yeah. Actually, I was in a taxi uh, in Japan uh, the other day, and uh, MK Taxi, do you know the taxi? Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Black taxis. I like them. Yeah, I actually used to teach English there, uh,
0: a business English taxi, class.
1: Yeah, really? for like a, a year. So that uh, somebody introduced. It was a good job. It was like a hundred dollars for an hour.
0: Man, the, and, the uh,
1: drivers and all the drivers
0: speak great English. Like I remember, yeah. I, I took a taxi ride one time to work. <laughs> it's all oh, down thanks paper. to me <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the taxi driver just started having a conversation with us in English and like I've never experienced that in Japan before like taxi Absolutely. drivers you know they obviously some have conversations with you but it's always in Japanese but I was with my co-workers and we were speaking in English and then just all of a sudden the taxi driver just started you know just shooting shoot a breeze with us in, in like almost perfect English and it was uh, and he was like really nice really friendly and we were just so surprised at how good his English was was this pretty recently, or what? This was uh, this was probably about two two years ago, maybe two. Okay. Yeah, about two years ago. So we yeah. used to get M K taxis to work because um, they're a little bit cheaper than your standard taxis too, and they they open and close the door for you
1: as well, and they you know they, yeah they, and they like put their yeah they put the, like their hand on the door and stuff so you don't hit yeah. your head when you're getting in yeah, yeah yeah they wear a hat and they
0: take the hat off
1: and you know when you're getting into the
0: car and stuff and yeah they're very very good I highly recommend them. Yeah, you know, I was te- it, yeah,
1: well, I guess we should say we're not actually sponsored by them, but <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But I I we use them a lot too, but uh, uh when I was teaching there was like 5 years ago and at that time they were saying that they're trying to uh get better prepared to handle uh English speaking uh customers because of this uh tourism boom that was happening and uh and, and they do these things where they take people on like one day or two day trips. And they'll like to up to Asaikawa or some other city or down to Hakodate and stuff. And they'll stay with the customers for like a couple days. And uh, so when I was in the taxi the other day, this guy was saying that uh, he was supposed to actually have some customers come from China. Uh, and, they, and he was going to take him on a tour, a uh, two-day tour. But that they had canceled, they had to cancel because they uh, weren't allowed to leave the country, China, actually, because of this uh, virus that was uh, has you know started. So, and he was saying he was kind of relieved that he didn't have to you know take them around, not because (laughs) they were Chinese tourists or anything, but just because he was concerned about the virus spreading. Yeah, yeah. I got told yesterday by one of my friends that the
0: source of the virus is uh, from people eating bats. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. bats. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear yeah. that. So one that. Of
0: the people in uh, that area in Wuhan or that part of China, yeah, they they eat bats and that's where the virus originated from.
1: Jeez. Well this yeah. this article was saying that yeah, it was uh it was in a uh, seafood market and the place was selling illegally selling wildlife, so that wildlife must have been bats that they were mm. selling or yeah. eating. Would you eat a bat? No, but I've had I've had squirrel before.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, it's pretty much a pretty much a, a bat,
1: right? They had flying squirrels that look like bats in some yeah. countries. It was actually killed by my girlfriend in high school. And then you ate it. Yeah, like her and her dad went squirrel hunting and this was like a regular thing for them and they would eat the squirrel. And I was like, All right, I guess so, man. But tastes, good. Uh, tastes like chicken, man. Always <laughs> oh, tastes like chicken, yeah. Yeah. But the thing about this virus is, they're saying like, you know, at first they were saying, or they were saying, it's probably not even as dangerous as the flu. And uh, I mean, obviously, there's a scare going on because of what happened with the SARS virus back in yeah, two thousand. That's, that's what
0: it's yeah. been compared to, right? The SARS outbreak.
1: I mean, there's crazy things happening. They're building like a uh, a thousand bed hospital in six days in <laughs> that city, Wuhan and uh they've been saying though a lot of the people that have been dying are like elderly people who had pre-existing conditions but i mean obviously when something like this happens the only focus on the critical cases so it seems like it can be very serious but they're saying that it actually might not be that serious you know unless you consider the flu serious because that kills like tens of thousand people every year just in the u.s alone or something but but anyways it's a it's a big topic here because there's a huge uh, gonna be huge influx of people happening number one because the chinese uh, new year but also uh snow festival is about to start
0: and there's a lot of a lot of chinese people that come to hokkaido so there's a, been a big increase of chinese tourists in the last 3 years or so like two, 2015 the um, japan kind of lowered their restrictions on chinese tourists so since then i've got this article here that chinese tourists to japan rose from 1.7 million in 2014 to four point two million in two thousand fifteen. So in one wow. year it increased that much because of the the visa regulations that ease up on those. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you and you see it everywhere. Like, you know, in Sapporo, yeah, about five years ago, seasonal time. So in the winter snow festival time, maybe in the summer, you'd see a lot of tourists, but now you see it all year round. You know, like you're walking down the high street or the the main town centre area, and there's Especially Chinese tourists, you notice, and and they kind of stand out just because they're generally a lot louder than other tourists, <laughs> a little yeah. bit. I, I, yeah, I don't want to be bad mouthing. I mean, I'm I'm Chinese anyway, and I know what the culture's like. My family's exactly the same. Like when we get together, or they get together during you know family gatherings, and it just sounds like everyone is arguing the whole time, but they're not. They're just they're just talking, you know. <laughs> and actually, and actually, one of my um. I have a friend and he just had some new neighbors moved in and they were Chinese and they're Chinese. So these Chinese neighbors moved in downstairs of his apartment and he said that every night that he can hear them talking he said it sounds like they're arguing all the time like they're fighting he said oh man maybe i should go down and you know make sure they're not doing anything or call the police or something like that and i'm just like man just chill they're just they're just talking it's okay <laughs> they're, they're just not arguing <laughs> yeah like they can't be they can't be like arguing you know 24 7 but he's yeah. um he's really annoyed that they're down there because he um he said like late at night he can't sleep as well because they're they're you know talking late into the nights some some nights he said they're all right but you know generally <clears throat> weekends especially they get pretty loud and once they get some friends round, it just sounds like there's a massive party going on downstairs even though there's like no music or anything it's just like the the noise that he hears from their voices so he yeah he can't he can't sleep and he wants to go down there and say something but you know you know in japan people don't really kind of do that, right? They don't really confront their neighbors if they're being noisy or anything. I mean, have you ever had any neighbors that were annoying and then you, what did you do about it?
1: Yeah, I think I talked about it once where I, uh, when I was in uh, university down in uh, Miyake and I had some downstairs neighbors that were noisy, but they, were, they weren't actually Japanese. They were Mongolian, I think. And uh, yeah, I ended up going down there and saying something to them. So it wasn't really interaction with the uh, uh, Japanese noisy people but oh actually the very first apartment i lived in in japan the same one that you lived in when you were teaching at that school as well the next-door neighbors was a it was a young girl and she would have like late people over late and uh i mean till, and they were they were loud till like you know 4 or 5 in the morning so finally one time i went over there and like banged on the door and uh they came over and i can't remember if it was so long ago i can't remember if i said something in japanese or in english but and they were like quiet for like uh that night but then like it eventually like started to slowly build up again you know so but mm-hmm. i was moving out around that time but yeah they don't really uh, confront each people when they do that but i mean for the tourists like even when they're walking around like Sapporo station or something and like the big group just like they're talking to each other they definitely like you say stand out because you don't usually see like uh, japanese people kind of like yelling to each other as they're walking and talking and stuff or just like standing around waiting to get into a restaurant or something. Yeah, they definitely uh, talk much louder. But th- the other thing, the reason they stand out is because they used to come over uh, in very large tour groups and stuff. So Yeah, I think they still do. Like you always see like some guy
0: waving a flag around and then like 30 Chinese people just following him. Right. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So there are still the yeah the big groups, but I think I, th- I read somewhere that they, uh, because of the way the visas changed, that they used to have to come over in large groups, but uh, they made it so that uh, s- uh, smaller group- sized groups were able to uh, come into the country and stuff. So I think now there are still the big groups, but yeah, there's uh, smaller groups as well. And I, and I guess because they're
0: kind of like the new rich, the Chinese, <clears> so they, they're going everywhere. Like they, you see them everywhere, but i think they they particularly stand out and they seem to be annoying quite a lot of people as well like some of the things they do you know like the the speaking loud like I, I don't mind but it depends where they are where they're doing it because they they just do it everywhere really like if you're in like a shrine where normally people are very somber and silent and they're just you know snapping away with their smartphones and and uploading to social media so that's another thing like they they just keep trying to just get videos using selfies and stuff for like that. And it, and it ruins the, the experience for other people. And one, and I actually have a friend who he, he works in a shrine and he regularly gets Chinese tourists come in. And he, there's a sign. I mean, it's not written in Chinese. It's written in Japanese and English, but a sign says you can only take a certain number of photos. And if you do want to take photos, you have to ask for permission at the reception. And I think there's like a, maybe a fee or something like that but they never read that sign they ignore it and they just start snapping away and they climb over like uh, boarded up areas like if there's oh, like really? a, a, if there's like ropeway or something in a special garden you know that you're not allowed to go across they'll they'll just like climb over that and i'm i'm sure it's not just chinese tourists but he seems to think it generally is there are tour groups Run by Chinese companies in Sapporo, and they they also get the Chinese tourists and they take them to these shrines. So they have charged the tourists to you know take photos, but they don't pay the the shrines. So they're going there and taking basically they're trespassing, you know, and they're taking photos and they're not they're not giving any kind of compensation to the shrine and and yeah and my, my friend said he he worked there and he approached one of the tour guides and the tour guide just just walked away he just like ignored him and walked away oh, and really? then, uh, yeah and there's and there's almost like nothing he can do i mean he could sue them but i mean just think of like the the cost that it would take to sue them he actually asked me to to write a sign in chinese oh. um you know saying you cannot do this you know laying out all the rules in in chinese but Unfortunately, I can't. I can't read or write Chinese, <laughs> yeah, really? so it wasn't any help. Yeah, yeah I uh, gave up when I was like seven years old. Uh,
1: but you do speak some, right? But, yeah,
0: uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, just like you said, it's not just the Chinese tour. I mean, Japan obviously is doing a lot to uh, build up its tourism industry, and and there's all these negatives that are coming along with it. But uh, I mean, some of the stats I found in that uh, Japan Times article that I sent to you. Of I think in 2018 uh, there was about like 30 million tourists, and I think 2019 was actually pretty similar. But they have a goal of getting 40 million tourists in the country by 2020, and they have a goal of getting 60 million tourists by 2030. So I mean they have these policies of trying to increase tourism and uh, spending by tourists in 2018 was 40 billion dollars. And that was actually a formed growth just from 2012 up to 2018. So again, another huge jump. So yeah, Japan has this uh, huge goal of increasing the uh, tourism numbers in Japan. And uh, yeah, we're starting to see a lot of the negatives of that as well.
0: Yeah, I guess the positives are, you know, there's a lot of money creating more jobs, but it seems like it's not like that there's a lot of tourists is the is the problem is it's the way they kind of behave so maybe tourists need to be a bit more mindful so there, you know there's a lot of things that tourists do that are not good to Japan and having negative impacts and uh, making the locals not as welcoming to, to tourists especially like in Kyoto so Kyoto there's a you know everyone who comes to Japan pretty much has to go to Kyoto because it's the most traditional experience you can have in Japan. But there's been a lot of complaints about what tourists are doing there. So, for example, uh, Maiko, which are geishas in training. They've been uh, harassed by tourists for selfies. Um, and some have been leaving in
1: tears. Yeah, well, like, I heard, I've heard they've been chased sometimes by tourists. Like they're, yeah. they're trying to say no or get away, and the tourists are still like chasing them and stuff. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So it's just, just like everyone just wants to get that, get that photo to, to post on social media. And then I, I guess I'm a little bit guilty of that sometimes too. You know, like I take a, a lot of photos of food to you know to post on like our our facebook page or something like that but but at least it's like food that i'm eating and i'm paying for whereas there are some uh, instances where tourists are going into restaurants and then just they're just going in taking photos and leaving without buying anything that is another annoyance that restaurant owners have complained about yeah. In in, uh, in Kyoto as well, because they're going into these traditional Japanese star restaurants and just taking photos without buying anything.
1: Well, you know, you're bringing up <clears throat> the situation in Kyoto. This article that I found uh, again, Japan Times, it was a December article last year, but it said the population of Kyoto is 1.5 million, but tourists, there's 50 million tourists coming in. So you can just see like the uh, huge uh, gap there between people who live there and the number of visitors. And uh, 70% of those 50 million visitors are visiting Kyoto for the first time. Uh, Some other things that they're doing to try to find that balance or to deal with the complaints of the local residents is uh, there's been a crackdown on illegal minpaku, which are like rooms that are rented out, such as Airbnb or apartments that are rented out. So they've been taking a lot of steps to uh, crack down on illegal versions of those. Uh, I read that they are putting up signs, for example, to... uh, Tell people to ask Michael politely before taking photos. I don't know how effective the signs are going to be, but they've also started to limit the number of hotel constructions uh, going forward, new hotel constructions. And they're not requiring, but they're encouraging hotel developers to get the consent of the locals in advance uh, for them to be able to uh, build in their neighborhood. They're also like discounting subway tickets uh, to try and encourage people to uh, take the subway more. Have you ever been to Kyoto?
0: Yeah, I, I went back in my first arrival, so probably back in two thousand and nine. Okay, it was it was insane. <clears throat> yeah, I went
1: during Golden Week too, which is one of the busiest times of the year. We just went there a couple of years ago and uh, the buses are just insane. Like uh, the bus stops basically. And that's what's something that the locals are complaining about. And that's why they're trying to encourage more people to, to use the subways, is because uh, so many tourists are using the buses that uh, what they used to be able to get on the bus, like to go to work very easy. Sometimes now they got to wait like two buses before they're able to actually get onto the bus just to go to work. Obviously, when you have more tourists coming in, it does bring in uh, more money, but they're saying it actually in, in some cases, especially in Kyoto, uh, the local business money is going down because uh, there's this famous uh, fish market, I think it's called Nish- Nishimaki or something. The locals used to go there for their normal like grocery needs. It's like one of the main markets in Kyoto. It's called Kyoto's ki- Kitchen is a nickname, and the locals used to go there for their Basic uh, daily needs every day. But now, so many tourists come in and they'll just get like some sashimi and eat it like the back of this, uh, this supermarket that they were talking about. So, the, the owner of that uh, supermarket was saying actually his revenue has gone down each year uh, because the number of locals aren't going there uh, as much as they used to. I mean, that's the thing. Like, even well, if the
0: revenue re- is the going
1: down because yeah. not many locals are going there anymore because they're, yeah. they're, they're put off by the tourists. Exactly, yeah. I mean, there is a lot of money that comes with tourism, but there's actually the side effect of uh, local businesses being hurt uh, by uh, the tourists coming in. People say like, they try to encourage things, like they limit the, try, They should introduce measures where they limit the uh, hours when overseas people are allowed to go into some of the local businesses so the locals really? would still be able to go there and stuff.
0: I did notice, especially with onsens, like in, in Hokkaido, so you mm. know, I, I go to onsens quite often, and uh, I noticed there's like yeah, a big boom of Chinese tourists going to onsens as well. And and it's kind of interesting that you don't really see many Caucasians in onsens as much as the the Asians, but um, uh, you know, you, you you see a lot of the tourists coming into these onsens, and the atmosphere is completely different. I remember just going to going to like dinner where it's like a, a buffet, usually a buffet style, help yourself. And before, when they weren't really allowing that many tourists to come in, it was kind of quiet. You know, it's quiet. Everyone would line up. Um, you know, very Japanese style, uh, take your time. But now it's just it's just carnage. It's just a free for all, and no one lines up. They're jumping in front of people. Um, they're just getting crab. You know, just all getting crab and. Because crab's great in Hokkaido, but yeah, the 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 tourists love it, so they're just getting plates and plates of crab, and then they're just the table is just full of crab shells, and you know that they're, they're they're losing, I guess, <coughs> the the sereneness of being an onsen, and they're, they're losing their character, but they're they're doing very well in business. And then I go, and then I went to another onsen in um, Noboribetsu, and they kind of didn't allow. Uh, tourists so much but it was like really quiet um it was it was actually a, a better atmosphere you know it no, was really. like back to kind of japanese style but they had a half half the business of the hotel i was before so they're not making as much money but you know they're they're sacrificing the money the profit for a better atmosphere for their customers i guess but you know they probably wouldn't last as long as The other hotels that
1: allow in uh, foreign tourists to come in. The uh, onsens are one thing. There's obviously, I mean, that's one change that I've noticed in Sapporo. There's like so many, obviously, so many more new hotels going up, uh, just in Sapporo itself. Like uh, I had some friends come and visit uh, last year in October, and uh, they said that they were staying in this hotel downtown, and I had never heard of it, and I looked it up, and yeah, it was a hotel that had just gone up in like 2018 or something. The Japan government, I read, is trying to encourage. I mean, as one of the steps that they're taking to help encourage tourism, they are uh, they have a goal of building uh, 50 world class luxury hotels in Japan, according to this article in the Asahi Shimbun. Uh, the government's going to introduce a new loan program for private sector companies to develop uh, hotels across Japan, and they're also doing taking steps like the government's going to help fund uh, the increase and in the size and uh, speed of gondolas at 10 ski resorts around japan did you know that there's a brand new luxury hotel at uh, chitose airport no no i didn't know that yeah it's actually opening february 1st it's called the portum international hokkaido and it's on the upper level of the international terminal yeah there's 171 rooms and the room sizes go from 43 square meters up to 250 square meters so it's a huge, huge, uh, I mean, 250 square meters like three times as big as my apartment, basically. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they said uh, there was 3 million international uh, tr- uh, tourists uh, from overseas coming to Hokkaido in 2018. And obviously that number is growing. I mean, Shitose Airport itself is turning into like a destination to go like, h- spend the day because there's so many new shops there. We came through the international terminal on our way back from the U.S. because we flew through... Uh, Ah, uh, Korea. So we had to depart from the international terminal in Chitose. I mean, I was just noticing how big it had gotten, but I wasn't even aware that there was going to be this new uh, luxury hotel opening there as as also. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of luxury hotels going up in ah uh, in luxury condos and stuff in places like Niseko. Uh But uh, yeah, I I don't even think there's a luxury hotel in support. We've got a f- few nice ones like. That's true. Niko, yeah. Park, Park Hotel.
0: Station. Well, Park Hotel is like the old one of the oldest hotels, but I wouldn't exactly call it a luxury hotel.
1: No, even like Sapporo Grand Hotel, I think it's supposed to be one of the nicest in Sapporo, but I don't think it's a luxury hotel. But yeah, we're gonna start seeing more of these. I guess that's and a good idea. The, and thing. they're building uh yeah.
0: they're building a, they're building a, a new veil <laughs> in a Rizutsu ski resort yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, that's uh that's timeshare. But even Rizutsu is packed now all the time, like um, you know, seven days a week. There's people skiing, snowboarding, whereas where <coughs> probably about yeah, five years ago, it never used to be like that. It was just the weekends, but it is a great ski resort and probably one of the best ones in Hokkaido. But it's slowly kind of turning into Nisiko in a way. Like it's going to be overpopulated with tourism and these super huge hotels. But yeah, I mean, the snow is not so good this year and it wasn't that good last year. So I wonder... What's going to happen in the future if they're gonna, you know, I am surprised that there's so much development going on when you know the
1: snow is kind of going down. Well, I'll tell you something that worries me is uh, a friend I have in a- who lives in Asia uh, comes over quite often, has been coming over quite often to go to Niseko for the past I don't know five years or whatever. But this time he actually said he was going to visit one of the local mountains. I'm I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to I don't want to let people know too much but and i was (laughs) just like man like he's even like you know people in asia are i mean you you can kind of notice that there is even a growing number of overseas people at the local mountains around here in Sapporo. but uh, i mean just to hear like the local mountain name like uh, or see it in his text i was like man how does he know about that place you know yeah uh, no one should know about that but the locals but you know yeah. they're, they're gonna get out eventually, if the
0: because the more tourists that keep coming over every year, yeah. they're also looking for the quieter places, the the, the powder spots, and yeah, I I went snowboarding last last weekend, and prices have gone up for even the the local mountains a lot. They're finally, you know, starting to realize how much money they can make. Like a, a can of beer, like a Sephora Classic, has doubled in price. Oh wow! So four hundred four hundred twenty yen was a small small can of Sapporo Classic. And when I was at Rizutsu o- over the new year, it was the same, like a can of beer, 400 yen. And you know that the, the tourists are going to pay that. You know, people that ski there, they're going to pay that. But the local mountain, it was the first time I'd seen that price for a local mountain. Because local mountains kind of, they don't really sell, that put their prices up too much. But I think they realized that um, the tourists are kind of figuring out that the local mountains are the places to go and and it's it's getting busier but it's still not on the scale as uh the the bigger resorts but you know in the future it's there, it's probably gonna be like those as well
1: i think like i mean i don't know how much right we have to complain because i mean technically we are on visas to live here so in a <laughs> sense we are visitors but but I mean, we have put in our time here. We've, you know, been paying. Taxes yeah, well, we're we're, and stuff. we're classed as locals now, right? You know, yeah. we've been here long enough. We have permanent residences. Yeah. Exactly, but that's what they're basically saying again. Going back to it is like this balance of like uh, the local businesses, because even places like Niseko, um, I mean, there's a lot of business coming in there, but they're saying like, how much is the local community benefiting from it? Because obviously a lot of the development is by foreign companies. So all that money is actually leaving Japan. You know, a lot of the money is not staying in Japan. And how much is like uh, the city Kuchan? Are they actually benefiting from all the development development that's going on in Iseko? But to be honest, I think the land value even in Kuchan now is starting to increase and stuff. But uh, this guy who... Uh, has this website called the Inbound Ambassador. Uh I think his name is JJ Walsh or something. He uh specifically tries to address these matters for, you know, how can uh local locals, local communities benefit uh more from tourism and also how can they like uh combat some of the issues. So <clears throat> He says things like banning tour buses from traveling on local roads, which I think is a good idea, actually. Uh, Setting higher entry prices for overseas visitors. I mean, can you imagine that? Like the ski mountains had a higher price if you don't have like a local address, uh, Mm. something to show a local address. Check Uh, your ID. Yeah. yeah. Or to have special passes for local residents or for people who Well, that's like in Southeast Asian countries, right? Like if
0: you go to like the Philippines or something, locals have a local price… And tourists have a tourist hmm. price, usually like double or something like that. Because oh, yeah. I, when I was I was in the Philippines, I I managed to blag a uh, local prices because kind of <laughs> any any Southeast from any Southeast Asian country. So I was like, yeah, I'm Filipino, and now i'll go you could get a Filipino price. So yeah, well, I think every, every time I go around Southeast Asia, trying to uh, blag a local price, but I don't think that. <laughs> I, yeah. I guess I shouldn't do that really because well, you know, I sh- I've
1: got enough money to pay tourist yeah. prices, so I should. Gaming the system a little bit. But I mean, I think, I mean, I think it'd actually be a good, good idea if they did some things like this at the ski mountains or even again at these like local markets and stuff, um, you know, to help uh, local residents feel like they're not just getting hurt by the tourism boom and stuff. Another thing they said is like, If they gave special passes to people who stay for longer than three days, because a lot of this, what they call day tripping or short trips uh, creates a very intensive schedule for tourists. And so they don't have as much time to kind of slow down and adjust to the pace of the city life. So, again, if they offered special prices for people staying longer than three days, that would encourage them to kind of take their time more when they're in the city. Another thing would be to introduce a short stay tax, like people who are staying less or fewer than 3 nights, charge them more. But yeah, again, last thing he was talking about was like the Japan Rail Pass. You know the Japan Rail yeah, Pass.
0: Yeah, that's a really good deal that one.
1: Yeah, it's a really good deal for people overseas because they uh you know can ride they just pay a fixed uh, fee and they can ride any uh any of any of the railway lines, but they say because of that uh that it, again encourages day tripping and not just uh and day tripping isn't something that's done just by overseas uh, visitors. Uh, obviously over, overseas visitors are the only one using the Japan Rail Pass, but even local visitors who da- do day tripping and stuff, this, this, they're saying that this uh, creates some of the annoyance for the, uh, for the, uh, local communities as well. Yeah, I'd, I wanted to get into uh,
0: what I was saying earlier about being a mindful tourist when you come to Japan. Yeah. So, Burke, I have this list of uh, do's and don'ts in Japan. Okay. So, um, I want you to give us some do's and don'ts. What do you think would might be on this list, or if they're not, even if they're not on this list, what do you think tourists should not do or do when they come to Japan as a tourist? I've got a list of 30, so... Okay. I'm sure... So I should
1: be able to get something. Yeah. <laughs> well, one that one, I think that I was actually read when we were preparing for this is like something about like eating. Tourists eat in places they probably shouldn't be eating... Like, uh, the example in my head is, uh, in Kyoto, there's certain neighborhoods where they don't want uh, people to eat while they're walking around and, uh, and they've put up signs to discourage that, but those signs are discouraged. Is that on the list? Something Dude, about that,
0: that was, uh, that was number one. <laughs> <laughs> don't walk around eating or smoking. Number one. <laughs> I mean, I sometimes am, am guilty of walking around eating if I'm in a hurry I might eat an onigiri on the way to work or something, or on the way to the subway. I, I, I mean, I don't think it's that bad, is it? I mean, if it's like a in a shrine or a sacred area or on public transport, maybe. But uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think?
1: I mean, I'm, I'm, I do the same do thing it? too. Not that often, but just when yeah, I'm trying to rush and I uh, might buy some kind of bread at a bread store and and scarf that down, just walking uh, somewhere.
0: Well, I've I've definitely seen you do it on a night out. You'll sneak a packet of crisps in your, in your jacket pocket and start (laughs) munching those on the way down the street. (laughs) But you keep them hidden. So
1: (laughs) guilty. I've got my hand raised because yes, I'm guilty of that for sure. But uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm one of those bad tourists.
0: All right, let's let's uh, let's go for another one. So, well, we had this one, don't harass geishas or mycos for selfies. So that's another one on the list. But uh, yeah, what, what else you got, Burke?
1: And I would say perhaps maybe uh, littering. Is littering something or no?
0: Littering um, is not on this list, but I guess that's a basic don't for any country you go to as a tourist, I would assume.
1: How about, I'll I'll say one personally that annoys me. I don't know if it's on that list or not, but uh, something that annoys me are when uh, tourists are walking around with their suitcases. uh, Not just like trying to get to their hotel, but uh, like Sapporo Station, uh, they'll have their suitcases when they're just waiting to get into a restaurant or something. And most of the restaurants are good about it. They'll have like an area where they have people collect their suitcases. But because of that, because they're not putting them in lockers, I don't know if it's because the lockers are all full and uh, the city needs to do more to have lockers available for people walking around the station. But yeah, a lot of times people are just walking around like Sapporo Station with their suitcase, and uh, that just looks very out of place. Is there anything about suitcases on there? No, there isn't actually,
0: but I, I agree with you. That one's really annoying. And it seems like suitcases are getting bigger and bigger. Like, like I, I remember just being at the subway station the other day, and there was a, there was a group of uh, three three tourists, and they had... Five giant suitcases, like for for three people, and they were massive. I've never seen suitcases that big before, and they were like right by the gates too. So yeah, it was annoying. Like they were just standing there, people just like walking around them. But um, that one is not on this list, no, unfortunately. But I think it maybe it should be. So what? So what? It should be. Don't carry your suitcase around with you around town if you if you don't need to carry or something.
1: Yeah, like store it, was- it somewhere. Yeah, like find a locker or something. Uh, I mean, just like don't lock around shopping. I don't, shopping. I don't think that. I think some of the lockers aren't big enough for those giant oh, suitcases really, as well. Yeah, uh, that might be true. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like you know, pe- yeah. I don't know. Uh, sometimes, obviously, people uh, leave their suitcase with the front desk at the hotel they're staying at. Maybe on the last day, uh, you know, when they're waiting to get on the train to go to their uh, to the airport or whatever. But uh, all right, how about uh, being loud? Yes, yes, that's not. That's got to be sure.
0: Yeah, no talking on trains, <laughs> especially
1: or being quiet kind of thing. Yeah. How about uh, something about uh, driving? Oh, what a! Uh, what about driving? Well, this is actually a problem, especially in Hokkaido, because uh, you know the road conditions change in the winter time, get very bad, and. uh and there's a lot more people renting cars, but there's a lot more accidents happening uh, because of overseas drivers. In fact, in my company, uh, just the other day, uh, in uh, we have a field store out in around Niseko, and somebody was driving down the road, and a person was pulling out of the uh, of a side street. And for some reason, it's like pulled right in front of the, the car, our car, our company car. And obviously, they didn't have time to stop because, uh, you know, it was like a snowy road and stuff. And uh, but they have a they had a, a dashboard camera kind of recording everything. Mm. So like they slammed into this car and you can see like in the front uh, of the car, it was like two your uh, well, Westerners like uh, yeah. that were driving, you know, and obviously they had rented a car or something. So
0: well, there, there is a there is
1: a driving one here, but it's uh uh, do walk, drive, and ride on the left. Standing on the right, the correct side of the like escalator and stuff. Yeah, that's something that is yeah, the like yeah, stand on the yeah, left. Left because that's in in the US. Yeah, it's on the right. Even yeah, on in, England. England is on. You stand on the right
0: for an escalator, but yeah. it's kind of odd because <clears throat> England we drive on the left, but when it comes to escalators, you stand on the right. Yeah, whereas Japan stand on the left.
1: Walk on How the about? Left. How about uh, something just about, like, congregating in the wrong places, like, because this is something, again, that annoys me a little bit, like, people just kind of, like, standing, like, uh, in place on a sidewalk in a big group, uh, because Japan is obviously a very busy country, especially, like, in the morning and evening when people are trying to get to work or get home from work, and sometimes people don't, it's kind of, like, stopping and talking, and they don't really understand, like, uh, they're in the way and stuff. Is that is that on there or no? So don't don't congregate in kind of like large groups on the street or something like that. Yeah, just like don't stand around the, the <laughs> don't block the walkway. Nothing like that. <laughs> no, there is out of that. the thirty man. I'm not getting anything, dude. I can you get, a, I'll give I right,
0: give you some examples yeah, yeah. of uh, what they have here. Okay. So they have, uh, for example, don't harass the sacred deer at Nara. You know, Nara near Jim Island. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, another one is. <laughs> Don't deface significant UNESCO World Heritage
1: sites. Uh, That's uh, the Arashiyama uh, Bamboo Forest in uh, Kyoto. That's a big problem down there, right?
0: Uh, But don't overindulge in uh, free Wi-Fi at places such as like Starbucks. What? So so a lot of tourists kind of just go into, you know, coffee shops and use the free Wi-Fi, but don't buy anything. They're just hanging around. Yeah, and then and they don't really, you know, they're just there for the Wi-Fi, basically. I see. So that's one of them. Um, I do do learn some basic Japanese, probably an obvious one.
1: Actually, one good thing about this tourism boom is, is getting jo- jobs to a lot of uh, non-Japanese people. Like in Sapporo and stuff, you see like store clerks and stuff, obviously, to handle the Chinese customers. There's a lot more Chinese store clerks, uh, convenience stores as well. Yeah, but- all the ski resorts too. Yeah, a lot of the staff there are uh, foreign staff as well. Yeah, of... tourists will not even know basic Japanese and just walk up to a Japanese person and start, like, you know, bombarding them with English. And then they're just like, you know, obviously Japanese people can get scared by that situation too. Yeah. You know, it's funny because Japanese people are actually sometimes pretty happy when they're able to interact with uh, overseas people, use a little bit of English. But yeah, I think uh, learning something as simple as like sumimasen, which is like, excuse me or something. Or, you know, they should try to learn some basic, simple stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, another one is uh, don't leave a tip Oh, in Japan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's that's quite a big one because people always try to leave tips. Actually, I remember my, my mom came over. Uh, we were in Kyoto in 2008, 2009, and she tried to leave a tip at a restaurant, and the, the staff ran out and chased her chased around the corner was like you you left your you left your 10 yen (laughs) take it back (laughs) yeah my mom kind of felt a little bit bad (laughs) because like i guess like in in i don't know what it's like in america but sometimes in england we we leave change as a tip like loose change which i guess is kind of rude isn't it and probably in america is pretty rude
1: well if it's especially if if it doesn't like add up to the percentage that they're probably expecting yeah yeah. (laughs) yeah actually don't blow your nose uh, loudly in public yeah that's a I, that's kind of like a cultural thing right like people don't really blow their nose uh around other people mm. or so i thought but i know some people in my company they're just like they go at it man and, I'm and I'm my, like... my, my students too like they don't they don't hold back I remember there was like some
0: person giving a speech, and then some student just starts like blowing their nose and stuff, and they they go at it. They don't they don't you know they're not trying to be discreet about it too. So yeah, don't blow your nose in public. Um, don't jaywalk.
1: People are very very obedient of like the crosswalk signs. Yeah. Sometimes like I feel like I'm committing like a very serious crime even just on a side road if I'm like. You know, it hasn't turned like green yet to say you can walk. And I'll, like, there's no cars coming in the direction, but there's like three people standing behind me, and like I'll walk, and they'll kind of, I'll just still stand there looking at me like walking, and I'm sure I'm just giving a bad name for foreigners every time I'm doing that. But so you jaywalk in Japan. Not often and not in dangerous spots, but yeah, I mean, I'm from Ann Arbor, Michigan, and there's like, man, people, I mean, jaywalking is part of the culture. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know, I know like jaywalking is
0: illegal in America, right? Isn't it
1: illegal? Yeah, yeah, I I mean, you can get a citation for it, yeah. Yeah,
0: because it's not in England, like people jaywalk everywhere. So I never really heard the phrase jaywalk until I came to Japan when I met Americans. Oh, I was really? like, oh who, who's who's Jay? He's walking all the time. That's what we talking about. <laughs> but anyway, so don't do that uh, in Japan. Yeah, yeah don't jaywalk in Japan. <visibility> yeah, well, we're coming up to that time.
1: Uh, any any last words, Burke? Uh, well, I did just want to say that. Uh, I mean, there are some changes that we're seeing in Sapporo a lot, like uh, not just hotels coming up. There's a lot of these like. Uh, cosmetic stores and stuff. That's another change because oh, yeah, Chinese yeah, people yeah. Yeah, apparently love, uh, Japanese cosmetics and also like baby formula and stuff. But look, I mean, Japan is trying to encourage the tourism. I think it's going to happen. It's going to continue to grow, but they need to, uh, they do, I think need to find that balance of, uh, keeping the local communities happy as well. Actually one thing, one last thing that I would like to mention that annoys me and it's not, uh, because of tourists, but it's, something that has result, resulted from the tourism boom is the 1000 yen departure tax no. you know about that no yeah anytime it was introduced in january 2019 so anytime you're leaving japan you're actually paying uh, extra thousand yen and that's not just for uh that's not just for uh tourists but that's for any uh, non-japanese uh who is leaving the country it's not identified in in any form it's actually uh calculated into those like extra costs and taxes whenever you're buying a ticket uh but mm. yeah there was a 1000 yen departure tax that was introduced uh, in For january far, 2000 yeah
0: so not so japanese people don't are not subject to th- that
1: i don't think they are yeah yeah But me or, me, or you, me or you would be yeah yeah, no, anyone, so. I think anyone who's not leaving the country with a uh, Japanese passport, yeah. So, mm-hmm. and also, of... Taurus, yeah, just be a bit more mindful when
0: you're traveling to Japan. Do some research before you come, and and then the uh, the Japanese will be a, a lot more happier welcoming welcoming you to to the country, especially like during the Olympics. Cause there's going to be a lot of people here in yeah. uh, this summer coming.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be somebody who's complaining about it because obviously, I mean, we travel. Overseas all the time as well too. We're tourists and uh, still kind of again like a bit of visitors ourselves here in Japan. But but it, but because of the way uh, I kind of feel about tourists coming here too, then I now when I do travel overseas, I try to kind of think a little bit more about what the culture is like there and uh, try to match with it a lot better. So, but yeah, just like you say, it will be interesting to see what happens with the Olympics coming up. There's going to obviously be a huge influx unless unless this whole coronavirus thing like takes off and goes crazy <laughs> so See that could happens be good with that. good for uh, get, get rid of those tourists a little bit yeah alright guys
0: thanks for thanks for joining us again and uh, join us next week on another episode of Voices in Japan catch you next time peace